Amen, amen. Are you a child of God? Amen. We should have sang that song this morning. There's only two children of God here. It's fine. Are you a child of God? It's about nine. There's about 90 people. No, I'm kidding. Yes, in the name of Jesus, there's 90 people. Morning, everyone. How's it going? Good. Uh, don't mind the lack of lights. Um, obviously, there's no power in the area. There hasn't been for a week, I think, over a week. Those of you who are staying in this area, our deepest sympathies with you. Um, solar power and lighting fires and, you know, all the rest. Hallelujah. <laughs> but um, we are in church nonetheless. Obviously, a lot of people are away this morning, but that's fine. Look at the person next to you and say, hey, I'm here. I, I'm, here. <laughs> I'm glad you're in church. Amen. Uh, are you good? I don't think the, the hydraulics on this chair are working. <laughs> awesome. Turn to the person next to you say, man, you're so gorgeous. Even this morning, even after the box lost, you're gorgeous. <laughs> I have enough love in my heart for you this morning. Come on. <laughs> you know what, guys? Don't worry about the box. I think it's a strategy. How many of you guys would rather play against France than against New Zealand in okay, the quarterfinals? Okay, okay, let's just rewind a second, okay? Because all sports people do this. It's a strategy. But I saw the way they kicked those balls, bro. <laughs> Listen, I don't know if that was a strategy. Can you never you? heard of hustling, bro. You never heard of hustling. Come I'm, on, I'm bro. going to miss on purpose. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, what was that guy's name? Bok van Black. <laughs> he was kicking, kicking miss there. But now we, we, we behind them. They're going to do it, guys. Amen? 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 Amen. Do it. I'm telling you now. I, when it comes to these kinds of things, I'm quite hectic. Eh? My competitive spirit, I'm already thinking, <laughs> how many Fr French guys have been injured? <laughs> Rather play France than New Zealand. Because New Zealand can turn it on any time. How many guys agree? Yeah. yeah. France are actually known for being inconsistent. One day they play well, the next day they play like they've never seen a rugby ball before. <laughs> so I'd rather go up against them. Amen? How many guys are in agreement? Yeah. I see us going all the way to the finals. Amen? <laughs> Amen? Amen. Do you guys see it or not? Yeah. Jeez, I'd hate to have you Oaks in the stands if I'm playing against New Zealand. Do you guys see it or not? Jeez. They don't huh? see it. <laughs> they don't I'm see telling it. you, it's because the way they were kicking, but it's a yeah. problem. No, I mean, no, no, don't worry. Don't worry. We've got a backup. His name's Pollard. Amen. You <laughs> <laughs> okay, enough about the rugby. Yes. <laughs> we're a rugby nation. We're allowed to speak about rugby at church. Amen. Awesome. How's the volume? Is the volume fine? One, two. Four. Did he four? On LR. Sorry, Lord. One, two, one, two. Yeah. It actually sounds like there's more in the monitors than out there. One, two, one, two. One, two. Can you guys hear me out there? Yeah. Not really. Fine. It's fine. Oh, okay. Okay. Oh, sorry, guys. We're running on generator power. There's no power in this area. Uh, Grant, can you give me more in the monitors, please, man? Uh, there hasn't, uh, there's not going to be any power until when, Kareen? You live in the area. Up in the air. It's all, it's all Wednesday. Wow. You know, in the Old Testament, God had to split the waters. Yo. He split the Red Sea. He split the waters. In the New Testament, you know what he's doing for believers? He's heating the water. <laughs> Even when they have no electricity. People are actually having hot baths. I promise you, we've had two testimonies now. Melissa and JR, they had no power in the area for six days. Uh, well, what is it? Oh, she told me it was like a lot of days. Maybe it felt like that. Oh, two full days. And the other days were on and off or something. Yes. 
100%. After two days, 48 hours of no geezers, she prayed. She said, Lord, I need to have hot water. She was very frustrated. She opened the tap and it was steaming hot. She actually burnt herself. You guys, I'm serious. Do you believe or don't you believe? I mean, same thing happened to Karin. Amen? Jeez, guys, we've got we to gotta believe, eh? It is possible. So if God can split the seas, he can heat the water, okay? <laughs> Just remember that. Amen? The prince of darkness, Ashkom, will not reign, okay? Will not reign in our hearts. God will reign. Amen. Amen. How many of you guys have been enjoying Know Your Stuff series? Has it challenged you guys? I hope so, because it needs to challenge us. Amen? We need to be challenged. So we're going into the next level of Know Your Stuff now, and we, we're done with Know Your Stuff, and we're going into the next part, which is called Take Your Stand. Amen? Yeah. Turn to person next to you and say, we're drawing the line, and we're taking a stand. Amen? Amen. Guys, what is wrong with you this morning? Is it, are you guys really depressed about the rugby or what? Maybe they're, also hey. on, maybe they're also on generator. I don't <laughs> <laughs> Come on, for the next 10 seconds, just make a noise, man. Come on, <laughs> get out of your flesh. Sis, man. <laughs> Sis, this is the house of the Lord. We got to worship the King of Kings. Amen? Amen. Come on. So, you know, a lot of the guys, on, especially on the men's group, there's been a lot of talk about what we've been speaking about over the last couple of weeks. Because it does challenge our leadership. It does challenge the way we are walking out our lives with the Lord. In our communities, in our homes, with our wives, our children, with our colleagues at work, whatever level of leadership that we have, it's challenging us. Amen? And it's good because I think at this time, well, I know at this time, God is strengthening the spine of the church. Amen? The funny thing is, when God put this message on my heart, I had no idea that other churches were actually speaking about it, but consequently, after the last two, three weeks, I've seen it pop up on almost all over the world. Churches are talking about taking a stand, knowing your stuff, understanding your rights. Churches have actually been going through the Constitution with their church because they know what's going on, what's coming. We can't deny it. Amen? We can't deny it. It's real. It's there. But I can tell you one thing. Our God has a better move than them. Come on. Amen? It's never checkmate with Jesus, guys. Yeah. Never checkmate. So, listen, Know Your Stuff, it's a series that's been a real opener. It has also changed many perspectives of how the church uh, used to be very passive. The church doesn't know the scriptures. We know that. The church never preaches about this stuff. And we know what happened during COVID. We got caught with our pants down. Amen. We were ambushed. We were surprised. And we just went with the flow. And a lot of folks uh, um, didn't know how to take a stand. But before you can take a stand, you need to have the, the power. Where does the power come from? The power comes from knowledge. Amen. The power comes from knowledge. The Bible says in Hosea, and we'll get to that scripture just now, it says that my people don't suffer because of a lack of zeal. My people don't suffer because of lack of, of, of power. They suffer because they do not have the knowledge. And it goes on to say that those people, speaking of the Jews at that time, they forgot who they are in God. They forgot who God is. And God said, in, in return, I'll forget your children. I know that's a hectic statement. Okay, we're talking Old Testament stuff here. 
But this is the consequence. You know, everything has a consequence. Amen? There's an old saying, a very popular saying, a very true saying. It's not about people not believing in God, Jesus, and believing in Allah or uh, uh, um, Hindi or the Hindi gods or whatever other god. The problem is when people stop believing in God, they start to believe in anything. Are you with me? If you don't stand for something, you fall for everything. And this has been the problem in the church over the last 40, 50 years, which we've discussed. And we can't allow this to happen anymore. We need to take our stand. But where do we take our stand? How do we fight as the church? How do we resist as the church? Over the last couple of weeks, we've been speaking about uh, um, knowing your stuff, getting, getting the knowledge, making sure that you understand who you are in Christ, who you are as a citizen, reading the scriptures in context. We're not under an era. We're under a, 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 an elected official that is elected by us. Amen. And that does not mean that we just sit back and allow them to steamroll us and steal all of our inalienable rights as human beings. Amen? Hello? Anybody out there? But now we want to we go to the next step. Uh, Llewellyn asked a very good question on the group, uh, the men's group. And he said, what does it look like? How do we start this? How do we get the church mobilized? How do we get the church to stand and make a change and do something? What does it look like for a Christian to resist? Mm. Yeah. Now, I think that's where we're going to go for this week and maybe next week. Is it, are you guys interested? Because yeah. it's important. We need to know what steps we're allowed to take. Amen? Yeah. We need to know how Christians resist. Mm. Now, we don't resist like the world resists. We don't put on black balaclavas. We don't paint our faces with war paint. We don't light up the torches and go and destroy federal buildings. Hello? We are not <laughs> communists. We are not cynics. We are not uh, uh, anti-law. Are you with me? We are all about law and order because our God is, as we've read over the last couple of weeks. But how do we resist? Yeah. So we don't say go out there and resist the way the world does. We don't do anything in the kingdom by taking things by force. Mm. Amen? Yeah. We never take by force. So what we do is we've we got to make sure that we, we just know that. We're not against government. We're not against even your enemy. Jesus requires you to love your enemy. Hello? How do we fight an enemy if we're supposed to love them? Well, we have to, we have to differentiate. We have to realize that they're not just standing against us because they hate Diddy. They're standing against Diddy because Diddy believes what God believes. So therefore, they're actually God's enemy, not my enemy. The moment I change my stand, they'll accept me. Hello? They actually hate my God. They actually have a war against Him, not against me. Hello? So we've got to realize that. We've got to understand that. We're not fighting people. We're fighting attitudes. We're fighting spirits, strongholds. We are fighting generational teachings that have been passed down into people. Are you with me? We never hate the person. We always hate the ungodly sin. Amen? Turn to the person next to you and say, we love what God loves. We hate what God hates. We love sinners, but we hate the sin. Are we able to do that as Christians? We have to learn how to do that. 
Amen? We have to learn how to do that. So if we're not going to storm federal buildings and we're not going to storm uh, uh, um, schools and burn them down like some political parties because we're Christians and we don't have a political stand, we have a kingdom stand. Amen? So how do we resist then? Well, the church has taken the passive route over the last however many years. So they don't put on the balaclavas and the war paint, but what they do is they, they sit in imaginary little, uh, they sit in basements and prayer rooms and they have imaginary swords and they play fight. We're not supposed to do that either. Hello? Yeah. Remember what we said last week? Our belief, our word to believe is to act, is to live as, to participate in, to mobilize with the Holy Spirit. Amen? Amen. So what does that mean? That means we learn to take a stand first in our hearts. Who are we? What do we stand for? What do we believe in? What is our value system? Then we lead ourselves, and then we progress to lead our wives, our children, our homes, then it bleeds into the chess club, or it bleeds into the tennis club. Amen? God only knows. All those tennis players, they need to get saved. <laughs> Why you know the te- I thought it was the runners, not the tennis <laughs> are, are you with me, guys? Hello? Anyone out there? So this is, this is it. We've got to take a stand. But where do we take? We take the stand in our hearts. What does it mean to take a stand? It means that you find a value. You find that value system, you find that truth, and you stand. And no, nothing and no one can push you off of it. When you take that stand and you know that this is the truth of God, and if I compromise on this thing, I compromise on my own conscience, I'm compromising on the safety of my children, the mindsets, the hearts of my family, I stand on this thing. Yeah. Trish and I know how this goes. There's been many times where she would say something and I'd stand on something and she would disagree. I'll stand on it. And she'll disagree and I'll stand on it. Just even if I'm wrong in that moment, I know that this is the truth. I might, be, I might have a different idea, but I know that's the truth. I don't know how it's supposed to play out, but I'm standing on this truth. Are you with me? That's what a man does. If a man can't stand on his values, then he must just get out the way. Hello? And let another man come and stand there. Hello? So listen, men. Your wives can be shouting, screaming, dancing, do a rain dance in the backyard. I don't care. If they don't like the decision you made, you're the head of the home. You stand. Hello? You stand. When you go into school and the teacher's telling you, Gary can become Gina, you don't just sit there. You stand. And you put up your hand and you say, no, that's against the natural order. That's against the laws of God. And we are not going to make uh, uh, um, delusional thinking a truth. Hello? Preach it. Come on. Amen. You've got to stand. That's it. You've got to stand. We are the lights. Do we have a mic so that the guys at home can hear this? Oh, we'll have to repeat it, yeah. Okay, I'll repeat it, yeah. Okay. 
So the question is, if the man of the house is not making uh, uh, good decisions or ungodly decisions, ungodly decisions, what's the situation there? Well, unfortunately, like in any other situation, if the father is abdicating his authority, the next person in authority is the person who is the leader in the word. Amen? So it's either the mom, could be a son, could be a daughter. Somebody has to stand for the truth in that house. They have to stand for the truth. And what can happen is sometimes when we stand up and we speak the truth to authority, okay, because that's our job. If authority is not speaking truth, then we need to speak truth and speak it to the power, okay? And what can happen is we can actually get those in authority to have a wake-up call. And they can realize, hold on a second, there is another way to the, to other, to my, other than my way. And we can actually open their hearts up to begin to think in a different way. Are you with me? But if we all just, if we all just now uh, um, allow this, this, this incorrect thing to grow in the house, and then we just move the tables and chairs around this thing, and it just takes root, and it starts taking up the whole, the whole lounge. Yeah. Uh, are, are you with me? Yeah. We need to trust God for strategy to remove that thing out of the home. Yeah. Amen? A lot of people just become functionally dysfunctional. Yeah. And that's not what God wants. Mm. Because in time, that will destroy you. It will destroy your children. It will destroy your children's children. 100%. Amen? Yeah. 100%. And in that scenario, you know... God's order works. It works. Whatever you put in it, the order works. So if the head of the home is not godly and is not listening and is not following, you know, God's precepts, it will produce corruption. Paul tells us that, that those who sow into the flesh reap corruption, but those who sow into the spirit reap eternal life. Are you with me? So the objective is that we must be centered on the word. Amen? So it's not just the order. It's understanding that, okay, even if... An ungodly head of the house says, now, I am the head of the house. Like, okay, look, you are. And that is the order. But understand what's coming if you go this way. Do you understand what I'm saying? See, the early example, the early example is, is, is using uh, um, a, a situation where the man has to a godly man has to stand on God's word. Because even if there is resistance against that, we need to trust in God's order. Are you with me? So there we submit. And we say, okay, but look, it's the word. And, and the accountability is the important thing that flows. Are you with me? Because wherever ungodly people are applying God's structures, they don't want the accountability when something goes wrong. Hello? Are you guys with me? They don't want the accountability. They rather say, no, it was this, it was you, it was all these things. But listen, we followed the order. And now in the godly order, it is, listen, the man's in charge of the house. If his house is a mess, it's his thing. You understand? That's between him and God. He's got to go seek God to fix that. Does that answer your question? Awesome, yeah. And we don't take it by force. Never take it by force. We always go in prayer to the Lord, and what we do is we trust him for strategy. Are you with me? A lot of people think we're not allowed to trust God for strategy. God's just going to move everyone around like a pawn. It doesn't work like that, guys. <laughs> You know, you know what I'm saying? It just doesn't work like that. Maybe there's something that you're communicating or the way that you're approaching that is wrong and needs to be changed. Maybe you, you're coming against power because you want the power and you don't want truth. Maybe you're coming against the authority because you've got offense to them and it's not got nothing to do with truth. Amen? You've, we've got to go to the Holy Spirit and we've got to trust Him for strategy. Prayer is not just 
uh, uh, um, intercession, it's also we are inquiring and entreating the Lord for wisdom. How to manage a situation. The scriptures tell us in James, don't even pray to be taken out of a situation. You're supposed to pray for wisdom in the situation. That's it. Why? Because you see, God's all about edifying and, and, and making us people that can go from glory to glory, faith to faith. Not from hills and valleys, hills and valleys. Oh, I'll just take you out. Bush. I'll take you out. No, I'll take you out. Every time you fall in, I'll take you out. That's not God's first plan, His best plan for us. Although He will. But that's not what he wants, because that's not a leader. How do you lead anyone like that? Amen? A leader is somebody who knows. He's gone to the Lord in prayer. He has a way. He has an instruction from the Lord, and he can lead the people. And until he has one, don't do anything in the flesh. Hello? I mean, the world is crazy. We saw. They just, let's just take BLM. They say there's structural racism, there's all these things that were happening in society. So what did they do? They didn't do what uh, Martin Luther King did. Yes, he did march, but he marched in love. He didn't march against the authority and build, burn down buildings. No, he prayed and he seeked and he went through the framework of the Constitution and the law and the courts and eventually changed the laws. Amen? He didn't throw a tantrum and burn down buildings. That's all it really is. Amen? It's throwing attention. I want this thing. I don't agree with it. I'm going to take it now. I take it by force. Whenever you take anything by force, you're not doing it with the hand of God. Amen? But then people say, oh, but Didi, what about the Israelites? They went to war and they defeated armies. Yeah, they didn't do it by themselves. That was God's wisdom to them. That was God's instruction to them. Are you guys with me? And even all the battles that they did fight that time, they couldn't have won. It was not possible. They didn't have the strength, the numbers, or anything, but it was God's hand at work in that. Are you guys with me? And a very important thing, I like, I like what you said about prayer, because people pray for the situation to be changed. You know, they, they pray for the situation to be changed. And when we go to God and we ask God for wisdom, right, Wisdom could be, don't do anything, something's going to change. Are you guys with me? But a lot of times, believers are stuck in that frozen space because things are really too big to try and change. Anyone know, feel like that? You know, like, like if you even think about our electricity problem, okay? Okay, the extent of my electrical expertise is probably changing a plug, connecting a generator. I could build a PC. That's like, I don't know if that's electrical. What else could I do? Can you hack, can you hack uh, NASA? <laughs> I can neither confirm nor deny that this is possible. But now immediately, if I think about the load shading thing, what's the first thing that's going to come to my mind? It's like, geez, I wouldn't even know where to begin, right? So what do I do? Oh, God, please fix it, right? God, please fix it. But the truth is, I need to acknowledge I've got no knowledge or wisdom or experience to solve this. But God, I'm seeking your wisdom because you know what could happen? Is that the Holy Spirit could lead me to someone who can. Amen? Are you guys with me? You see, the, this thing of not taking a stand crept into the church during this prosperity age of church, where the church loves money more than God, right? And what happened was they became so self-focused that they lost all their power because they lost the truth they stand for. 
So now when they go into communities and they go, try and approach leadership and, you know, they try to influence decision-making and all these things, they have no substance to do it because all they have is the same thing that the same corrupt leaders have, which is selfish ambition. I think it should be this way because I'm going to make an extra 3% on that. So you, you go and you push and you fight and then that's all you're going for. Are you guys with me? So we pull back and we say, oh, we don't know anything. We can't do anything. Lord, you just handle it, right? But the truth is we need to put ourselves in an available position. Amen? When the Bible says that we are his hands and his feet, right, it's not that we stand back and we watch him do something. It's that we are opening our hearts and we're seeking him. How can we be available and be led today? Are you guys with me? And I promise you, we, we, we've seen it so often that God would connect us with someone along the way who knows, like, such crazy things about what we're looking for. You know, like, we, we don't know. We're like, oh, we don't know what we're going to do about this thing. Okay, cool. Well, Lord, we're trusting you. And the Holy Spirit will just say, right, today you're going here. And, you know, you'll find a person there who knows something about that. Are you guys with me? We can never, ever, ever take away from God's practical nature. Amen? Doesn't have magic fairy dust that he, you know, sprinkles and things are fixed. Are you with me? Everything that happens on this earth is through a person. And everything in line with what God wants for us, according to his word, happens through you and I. Amen? Look at the person next to you. Say, hey, it happens through you and I. Amen. What does, it, what does it look like walking with God? I mean, you go to bed thinking about a problem, a, a situation that you don't know how to sort out. And the idea of the churches is that they prayed, and now God's going to be like, Bash, don't worry. Give me your hand. I'll do it for you. <laughs> no. God doesn't talk to you like that, guys. God talks to you in your spirit. Okay? Then that information that comes into your spirit comes into your mind, and you intellectualize what God has told you. Then you have to act it out. That's it. You have to step it out. You have to walk it out. Amen? We're not, I mean, we're not these like weird and spooky weirdos where, you know, sitting there with a voodoo doll. Get the president. Ah, I see this happening. I see. No, it's not what, how it works, guys. Are you with me? See him doing a address there on, on air. Got a pain in my back all of a sudden. You know? <clears throat> that's, that's not how it works. Amen? We are the church. We are the leaders. We are the children of light. He will, he will open up the way. He will light up the path. Our job is to walk. Amen? Walk. Keep walking. Don't walk off the path. Just keep walking. And he will remove every obstacle in the way that he is lit up. That's his job. I mean, let's take Moses for, for, for instance. Did he call Moses at the bush and say, okay, Moses, I am going to destroy every god of the, of the Egyptians. I am then going to open up the seas, and then I will give you water from, from the rocks in the wilderness. I will rain down manna from when you're hungry, and I will even drop uh, a quail from the air. Did, did he tell Moses that? No. This is what he said to Moses. Go and tell Caesar. I mean, Pharaoh. Go and tell Pharaoh. I've got Caesar on the brain. <laughs> Go and tell Pharaoh to let my people go. Go and tell Pharaoh, let my people go. You see, that's the strategy. You don't need to know how. You don't need to know when. And if Pharaoh hadn't hardened his heart 
And if Pharaoh had listened, none of those people had to suffer. Imagine. Imagine. Are you with me? So Moses went by faith. And when he, he stopped uh, and, and uh, Pharaoh just blocked and blocked and blocked, eventually God was like, don't worry. You've done what I told you to do. You took the stand. This is the way we go. Just keep going. And as you go, I'll open the seas. Hello? Amen? But we've got to take the stand. We've got to have faith. We've got to move with God. Everyone's praying for God to move. God has moved 2,000 years ago. He's saying, Ashley, move. He's saying, Lord, move. And he's going, Ashley, move. God, you've got to move for us. Move, Bash. Move. move. Are you with me? Move where, Lord? Just get out of the harbor and I will direct the ship. As long as the ship is in the harbor, nothing's going to change. Nothing's going to happen. Just set it out, put the sails up, take it out. Trust me, I'm going to lead you where you need to go. So how does it start? How does the resistance start? How do we do this? We start by talking about it. We start by reading what the scriptures say our rights are, what we're allowed to do, how we, how we have learned from history past, how people in the past have faced certain uh, challenges that we're facing today. Do you know that the, the church has faced this over and over again? This is persecution of, of the church. It's all the way through history. So how do we do it? We, we start talking about what's in the Bible. Start reading books, guys. Start looking at what the generals of the past have done, how they were led by the Spirit, how they overcame constitutional uh, disputes when it came to taking rights away from Christians. Are you with me? It's our job to do this stuff. If we don't do it, nothing's going to change. Amen? Get up and go and vote. I was looking at the vote stats. I was showing him something the other day. Do you know how many votes the ANC got in the last election? There's 70 million people in this country. Do you know how many people voted for ANC? 10 million. But how did they win, Pastor Judy? You know why? Because everybody else decided not to vote. 10 million out of 70 million. The DA got 3.6 million votes. And they're the second power, uh, the opposition party. The Christian party got 500 and something, something votes. Do you know how many Christians I speak to that say, you know what, I just, I don't speak politics, I don't speak religion, I just pray. For the spring box. Yeah. <laughs> pray for the spring box. They just pray. They're not activated in their belief. They're not standing for something. They're not, they're not you know why? Because they haven't started in yeah. You're not practicing yeah. Are you with me? Where does it start? It starts at the family bra, man. It starts right there. When, you, when somebody says something about God or God's ways or God's opinion or, 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 any, or anything that's unrighteous and they try to picture, make it look like a righteous picture, you stand for what you believe. If you don't get invited to the next bra, have one at home. Yeah. Have your own family bra. <laughs> Are you with me? Do you, do you really need that? <laughs> You're talking about the family of right? right? Oh, you, you know what who Christians should be? It's like, you know when you invite people, and then they're sitting down with their food, and it's like, aha, we've got them. So, guys, what do you think about this? We should be those people. 
We must ambush them. Be like, okay, you got your plates. Everyone got your culture. Okay, cool. We're going to pray now. Thank you, Lord, for the food. Amen. Cool. And while everyone's eating, you know what, guys? So uh, what do you think about this LGBTQ movement? Sorry, what, what did you say? Yeah, what did you think about it, you know? Because we need to ask these questions, you know what I'm saying? And I promise you, you know, there, there are people who are for all these woke movements in the world, and they're more versed in every fact, science, philosophy than we are even versed in the Word of God. Are you with me? And you know, because we're not versed in these things, they tell us, no, you judgmental hypocrites. They, t they tell us, you are from the Stone Ages, you know, a book that's 2,000 years old. Why are you reading from that thing? Right? But the truth is, we have the source of life. Amen? We'd rather say, no, no, I don't, uh, I don't have much to say on that. Why? Why don't we have something to say? We live in an information age where you could get any perspective. You could hear about any perspective you want to hear about at the click of a button. Right? YouTube, Rumble, social media, everything, it's all there. You could find out about anything. You could find out the arguments for those who are for, those who are against, etc., etc. Are you guys with me? All of it's available. But you see, because we're not going and we're not seeking God to see his life work out through us, what's happening is we think that is not important. Are you with me? Or we think, or we think that somebody else is going to do it for us. Mm. 100%. You know, the Bible calls you a co-worker with Christ. That's what it calls you. It calls you a co-heir in Christ and a co-worker with Christ. Amen? He's establishing a kingdom here. He's establishing a, govern a government, and you are a part of it. Yeah. Yeah. Amen? You are a part of it. Do not let the enemy tell you that you can't have an opinion on marriage because you've, you've been divorced. It doesn't work like that in the kingdom. You see, even if I've had a divorce, which I haven't, but I'm just using an example. Even if I'm divorced three times, no, I can't go to the, the school hall and go voice my opinion because I'm, I will be a hypocrite. No. You might have fallen. You might have make it, made a mistake. But you can still go there and say, I believe in God's framework of marriage. That's it. I tried, I failed, but I know it's still the right way. But what we do is because the church is so busy looking at their sin, we disqualify ourselves and we say, we can't have an opinion. We can't have a say. We can't do this. Don't you know who you are in Jesus? He never asked you to be perfect. He asked you to believe. Believe in what? His righteous way. Believe in Him as the King of glory, not you. Amen? Amen. And that's what's been happening. That's why no one's got an opinion. Because we don't even understand the basics of our righteousness in Christ. That's why I say it starts here. I don't care if you've been married five times, man. Go to the school hall and go and speak out against two oaks getting married. Are you with me? Changing the laws. You have a right. Why? Not because you're perfect. Because a perfect God created that thing and he knows that's the standard that keeps us safe. He knows that that thing will save our souls. That's why he made it like that. But we're too scared to stand up and speak. Why? Because we're looking at ourselves. You're not supposed to. You're supposed to look at Jesus. 100%. Amen? That's it. Come on. That's why the church is so immobilized. Mm. 
Because all they hear every Sunday is how fraught they are, how many sins they have, and how they better confess and they better do this. Listen, Hebrews tells us, get over that stuff. Get over that stuff and move in who you are in Christ. Go and have a voice. Amen? How many of you guys have felt like that before? I, don't, I can't make a stand on that because of this. Give me some examples. Maybe it's not marriage. Maybe it's something else. Yes, good example. So Cecilia is saying that she's in the fashion industry. She teaches models, and obviously all that stuff is very prevalent within that industry. And she sometimes feels like she doesn't have the right to speak against it. Now remember, this is a good example, because we're not called to fight and take by force. We're called to know who we are, be grounded in the Word, be educated in the Word, be educated in our citizen, citizenry, our rights, all that kind of stuff. So that when we walk into a situation, we don't walk in, yes! are you with me? We walk in and we stand and we don't move and we trust and then we speak truth and then they come and they push and we stand and we trust and we speak truth and we stand and they come and push and we trust and we stand, and we speak truth, and they come and push until they push against God. Are you with me? And you know what happens? Within that community, the same people that were attacking you will be the people that will change. I promise you, if your truth is strong enough, it will impact that person. They have to go home and think about your opinion. They have to. If someone gets challenged, guys, they have to go home and go, whoa, um, I was so convinced that that's the truth, but Cecilia said this. Now what? Now they're accountable to the truth that was spoken. They challenged their own mindset, their own pride, their own self-righteousness. And guess what now? Now they're accountable to the one who set that truth in motion. So now it's not just an opinion anymore. They have to sit, think about it, line it up with God and go, ooh, I actually thought I was a Christian. You know what? But I'm actually not thinking like a Christian. Okay, but I, okay, I'm not going to do, do what God says. Then they've made their decision. Or they're going to say, ooh, I thought I was a Christian. Somebody just told, spoke truth to me. I understand now. You know what, Lord? I repent. But bring them to that place. How can you bring them to that place if you don't have an opinion? But have an educated opinion, please. Yeah, yeah, just saying I don't like it, so no, it's not educated. <laughs> I want to give you guys an example. When I was a kid, I grew up in a house where I was bullied 24-7 because there were seven of us. I was the youngest boy. My brothers were much bigger than me. All the friends used to bully me. So you know what? I said, that's it. I'm going to the boxing club, and I'm going to learn how to box. So I went, and I learned how to box. I, I went to martial arts. I went and I did karate. And my thing was, I'm just going to beat my older brother up one day. That is it. Okay? I did. <laughs> there was a day he came that he bullied me again, and I twisted him like a cook sister, and he didn't know what day it was. 
okay? But that wasn't, that wasn't what they taught me when I got there. When I got there, I thought, these guys are going to teach me to be a killing machine. Do you know, before they taught me how to punch or kick, you know what they taught me? They taught me how to have respect for my enemy. They said, we're going to teach you now not to beat people up, but we're going to teach you to be confident in a situation. It's never about you winning the fight. It's about you protecting yourself. Are you with me? And they put an emphasis on that. They put an emphasis on re re reserve power is better than spent power. Hello? And they said, this is not about you beating people up and lording over people. This is about you understanding and having confidence that when you walk into a situation, you are safe. So it's knowledge more than actual fighting. Do you understand what I'm saying? It's power. It's confidence. Have you ever seen these guys on the internet where the cop pulls them over and it's a lawyer? And the cop pulls them over and the cop says, give me your ID. No. Get out of the car. No. Roll down your window. No. I'm a police officer. You'll do what I say. No. You know why they're so confident? Because they understand the law. They understand their position. How many of us, you, you get pulled over by a cop. You haven't even done anything wrong. You're already quivering. Well, I know it could be a corruption thing, but, <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? How many guys get that feeling? Do you know what I'm saying? Because you never know what this guy can say to you if you don't know the law. Man, those guys, some of them are arrogant, but let me tell you something. They pull up there next to the cop, get out the car. No, the law section, whatever, whatever says I'm, I'm not required to get out of the car. Have you seen what the cop does? He gets so frustrated. So show me your ID. It's like, by the law, this law over here, I don't have to show you my ID. What is the offense that you are pulling me over for? There's no offense. Okay, well, then if there's no offense, I am by law allowed to be on my way. Bye-bye. Cheers, mate. Are you with me? That's the purpose of having the knowledge. Knowledge is power. Knowledge is confidence. Amen? Nobody can run over you. Nobody can push, push you over. We've got to know this stuff. This is how we fight. How do we resist? We resist by prayer. We resist by learning the word. Let's go to that scripture quickly. We started a bit late. We're going to finish it about half past. Is that okay, guys? Okay, let's go to Hosea 4 verse 6. <clears throat> Some practical ways that the church actually resists. My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge, not zeal. I actually saw a guy from a church up the road yesterday, or when was it, on Friday. He actually said that, you know, the ten virgins. Guys, you can be so thankful you're in this church. I actually heard, he's got a big church up the road, I'm not going to mention the name, but he mentioned the ten virgins, which is about Israel. He compared it to the church, and he said the five that had no oil, had no zeal, that's why God never loved them. Okay. Uh, if I was brave enough, I would have fell over, but yeah. <laughs> My people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge because you have rejected knowledge. I also will reject you from being priest of me, a priest for me. Because you have forgotten the law of your God, I will also forget your children. The context of this thing is that you can't be a priest for God. You can't be a leader. You can't be, a, you can't be nothing if you don't have the knowledge of God. That's it. Amen? Yeah. 
You have to have the knowledge of God's character, His nature, the knowledge of who He says you are, what He calls you, what is your office, what is your calling, what is your leadership, the Word, sacrament, worship. How do we do these things? We do these things His way. Are you with me? Because you have forgotten the law of your God, I will also forget your children. Come on. Are you with me? Are you with that? Don't be with me. Be with the Word. Turn to the person next to you and say, take a stand, man. Take a stand. Man. Take a stand. God is so good, guys. If we just, I promise you, my wife will tell you, okay, I was a khati that grew up in the nightclubs, okay? And uh, you can name it. I tried every single thing the flesh was buzzing for, okay? And then I got saved, <clears throat> and I had to take a stand. Because that truth that I encountered was so strong in my heart, I couldn't keep quiet. So it started with my friends. They left me one by one. I was, bye. I was like, bye. One by one, it's just me and Trish. Then it happened with our family. <clears throat> they wouldn't want to be around us. They would be so tormented by the fact that we just took a stand for what God believed in. They couldn't even sit next to me on a couch. It was so bad, one day I arrived at the family bra, and I actually heard some of them walking out saying, we're going out the back because the pastor's here. And they left the bra and they went home. More meat for you. Yeah, it was more meat for us. <laughs> but let me tell you something. They spoke about us. They, they rejected us. They, you name it. You, my brothers, some of my brothers still don't even talk to me. But let me tell you something. When the poo, sorry, the pawpaw hits the fan, who do they come, and come for prayer? Who do they come for a word? When their children are not coping, who do they bring them to? They bring them to our house. Because they know that place there doesn't compromise. We take a, they've taken a stand, so they know something that because I haven't taken a stand, I can't know. So we're going there. And over the years, they've learned and they've had to buckle down and respect us. Because they see what God's word has done in our lives. Not that we were waiting for it or we're expecting it or we ask for it. No. Because they've seen it in action. Are you with me? They've seen it. Take a stand in what you believe. Take a stand. Turn to the person next to you. Come on, brother. Come on. So pray. Okay, going to the Lord in prayer. Praying together. That's a strategy. Praying for wisdom. That's how we resist. Amen? Reading books. Getting educated. Reading the Bible. If, if you have a, 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 um, a class like discipleship school that happens here on a Wednesday, and you're in the church and you're not on it, Ask yourself why. Ask yourself why. Are you thinking that, oh, no, 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 but you know, Pastor Didi will go and handle it for me. No, I, I can't. I can point you to Jesus through the Scriptures, and I can walk next to you, and I can be with you, but I can't do it for you. I can't stand at work for you. Like Candace had to stand when she, when she was put under that pressure. Nobody did it for her. She had to do it by herself. Little old Candace. 
And she had a pastor in the house. <laughs> I kid you, and, and she still had to stand by herself. <laughs> exactly. But today, I mean, Candace is on another level of her walk with God because of that one time. When last did you, did you die on a hill for what you believed in? And when I say die on a hill, I'm talking about your ego. Come on, when, when last? When last did you actually say something that offended people? Not because you wanted to offend them, but because Christ will offend everybody. I'm sorry to tell you. Christ is the ultimate offender of man's ego and man's flesh. That's it. Amen? So if you're not offending people in your walk with God, then you're not doing what you believe. There's no power in your walk. Not that we're going to offend people, it's that we stand for something. That's it. Amen? Yeah. Yes, give God a round of applause. <clears throat> so get the knowledge, read the Bible. You know, some people th say, I read the Bible uh, about six years ago, of Genesis all the way to uh, uh, Revelation. So you think that's it then? You read it. No, no, you never stop reading the Bible because it's your daily bread. It's your daily strategy. Why? Because your own heart is going to deceive you when you walk out the door, not even your enemy. Hello? The greatest enemy is that oak in the, in, the, in the mirror. If you can subdue him, you can actually subdue anyone. That's the truth. Amen? Come on, some of us can't even fight our diet. Never mind the devil. Imagine, eh? <laughs> There's a lot of laughter to that one. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, I'm serious, guys. Yeah, see. Somebody can't even say no to Cadbury's. Never mind no to the enemy. Now we're getting some real conviction going on in this place. <laughs> Amen. Are you with me? Are you with me? Hello. Say, oh, that was a hectic one. I just had a chocolate bar last night. <laughs> <laughs> that was in the Cadbury's. <laughs> so you want to be like that Kung Fu dude. You want to be confident. You want to be empowered. You want to have knowledge. You want to have a strategy. Someone comes with a knife, you don't panic. Someone comes with a gun, you run. But... <laughs> Are you with me? But you don't panic because you have a strategy. Are you with me? You don't panic because these oaks are doing things, yeah? God's got a strategy. Just get in line with these, harmonize with these. And guess what happens? All the fear is just going to dissipate. That's it. Do you think that God didn't know these oaks were going to do this? Do you think that God didn't know the evil of men's heart? He wrote it in the book for you. He told you they were going to do this. Some of us are so passive then we go, oh, but we're going up in the rapture, Pastor D. Why do we have to tell, what, what is this? What are you talking about? We're going now. Okay, but we don't know when that is. Okay? And we've got an instruction from the Word. What's the instruction from Jesus? He said, occupy until I return. What does it mean to occupy? Amen? Occupy. Turn to the person next to you and say, occupy. occupy. Not occupation. He didn't say work hard. No, but you must work hard. But it's not about your career. It's occupying space and time with the heart of God in this place. Amen? 
Because it's for other souls, it's for people, it's not just for you. Amen. I'm speaking a lot. You want to jump in? You're almost there. Yeah, I'm just checking your points. I don't know. Are, are you here? Yeah, I'm there. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to go back up to you. You're going up now? Yes. Okay. <laughs> carry on. Okay, I'll carry on. So, so guys, and, and you know that importance of studying the Word, right? Um, this is, when, we, when we're talking about, now listen, there's lots of benefits to studying the Word, okay? But I want you guys to think about this one, okay? Because this is what it'll do for you. It will give you the ability to see clearly. All right. Now, those of you with a bit more experience in life, right, you've raised kids and you've dealt with, like, managing people, you know, all this kind of stuff. When someone comes to you emotional and kicking and screaming and all that stuff, in the beginning, it's very difficult to see clearly, right? Because what's the one thing you want to do? You just want to stop the, the hectic situation. Agree? What I'm saying? Do you know that right now in the world, all these woke agendas are using that tactic? I have a right. No one's hearing me. How could you reject me? Oh, I'm so sad. This is so bad. I'm going to get mad. I'm kidding. Okay, yeah, I had to do that. Because <laughs> all the Christians are glad. Yeah. <laughs> Hello? Are you guys with me? Right? And... If you don't have, now, now you made a statement where you said, listen, you need the word. Otherwise, your own heart will chow you. You know why? Because you're susceptible to the same things. You're human. You can feel frustration and pressure and confusion and high emotional states, right? But you see, when we have the word and we choose to believe it and we trust God that he is who he says he is and his word is true, what it does for us is that it gives us a level of objectivity. So what does that mean? It means that you can be part of that community, right? And you can be upset and sad that no one else wants to bend to your rules and all these things. And what you stand for can still be wrong, but you can still be loved. You can still have value apart from that identity. Are you guys with me? Now, someone who doesn't have the objectivity of the word never has the confidence to lay out all of those things and accept that all of those things can be at the same time. Are you with me? Hello? You guys understand what I'm saying? Because the truth is, is that when we have this, because it's based on God himself, right? What happens is, is that we tell people that, listen, and for ourselves is that, okay, whatever we're holding to, it's not good for us. We can show them that all these things you're experiencing, we get it, we acknowledge it. I agree with you. But that's not going to fix it. This is where the peace is, in the Word of God. Are you with me? And you know the trap that, that we've fallen for in the church, in the, this prosperity story, and I keep going back to it, but the story of, of knowing the gospel, knowing your identity in Christ and all that stuff. And we've mentioned this a few times. As a believer, you've got two dimensions with the way you live, right? You have a vertical dimension, which is you and God, right? Vertical, you and God. Jesus has sorted that out. You don't need to work for that or work at it. It's sorted. Are you with me? And we have a horizontal dimension. That is where the work is. What does horizontal dimension mean? It means how we deal with each other. Are you guys with me? How we take this word and put it in our hearts and trust the Holy Spirit to grow it. Amen? Trust the Holy Spirit to produce that fruit in us like the Bible tells us, which is the only thing that can bring glory to God. That horizontal 
element is what we're talking about now. It, it's so scary, guys. I mean, you just reminded me of something. I had a chat with somebody who's a Christian who's been, in, been going to our old church that we used to be in for years, like 20-something years. And he said to you, saying to me, um, you know, my children, I'll, you know, all these Christians, you know, they're now taking their, ch their, their children out of public schools and they're putting them in Christian private schools and whatever. He's like, my child will be a salt. Well, be, well not a salt. He, my child will just be one, salt. One grain. Just one grain, yeah. Still power in that grain, There's man. still power, man. <laughs> he said, my children will be salt and light to the world. But I know, this, I know this guy's kids. I know what they're going through, you know? And I'm sitting there, I'm looking at this guy, and I'm going, you're a perfect example of somebody who just attends church. You don't read the Bible. You have no strategy from the Lord. You haven't taken the time to even consider anything. All you've gone on is blind faith. Oh, my children will be salt and light. And I said to him, I said, how much time do you spend with your kids in the Word? Because I can tell you something right now, my brother. Taking kids out of a public school because kids are young and impressionable and putting them in a Christian school is a strategy from the Lord. Because you want to say that your child is a, a, a salt and light in a government school, but you don't spend time, you don't even know what identity your child carries. You don't read the Bible with them. You don't discuss the Word with them. You don't plan with them. You don't bring them about God's strategies, God's things, God's ways. And then you expect them to go to a government school and get told that, listen, yeah, Gina can become Greg. But you have told them nothing. You have done nothing on your side. Do you, do you understand? This is what Christians do, guys. Yeah. Oh, no, they'll be salt and light. Guess what? I know. This guy's a pastor. And you know what? His, his child is battling with bisexual, bisexuality right now. But you've got to understand something. Yes, okay, yes, it makes sense. The, the Bible says we must be salt and light. But can a child be salt and light if they don't have an identity in Christ? You understand what I'm saying? There's no strategy there. There's no, there's, no, there's no wisdom. Yes, if your children are solid, they're giants in God, they know who they are in God, they can go into, into, into their government school and guess what? They will evangelize kids. They will change kids because they have a strong family, they have a strong identity. If they don't, they are cannon fodder. I'm telling you now. Are you with me? But Christians don't seem to think about this stuff. They just pray these prayers, call these, quote these scriptures, but there's, there's no substance behind it. There's no thinking. There's no consideration. There's no leading of the Spirit. Are you with me? You're the same guy that sits at the bride and says, yeah, yeah, they must all go, go to uh, government schools because they must be salt and light. The next moment your nephew comes home and He's not even using the toilet in the house. He's using a kitty box outside because he thinks he's a, a, a kitty cat, non-binary, whatever, whatever. Non-binary kitty cat. Are, are you with me? Did I say letterbox or letterbox? I meant letterbox. This is not a joke, guys. This is not a joke. Yeah. I mean, St. Stithians, he's the St. Stithians, man. Was the St. Stithians? where they actually allowed the pupil to go and poo outside on the rugby field because it, uh, he, he, he uh, identified as a wolf. As a wolf? Was a wolf or a dog. What is it? It's a wolf. See, that's what happens when you let your kids watch Wolverine. 
Whoa, 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 whoa. Okay, okay, let's just take it back. You were doing well until there, Pastor. Okay. <laughs> are, you, are you with me, guys? <laughs> we, we, we have to be awake to these things. That's it. We have to. And I think, I think you know what? Internally, guys, from a horizontal point of view, I think we've got to go into why the Bible um, rebukes this emptiness, why it rebukes this shallowness so strongly, right? Everyone knows the statement, faith without works is dead. I think we should get into it next week. I think we should. 100%. We're going we're gonna to go into take a stand for the next two weeks. Is that cool? Come on, give God a round of applause. I was sitting with friends the other day. I'm going to close with this. Their children are very well educated. They're doing so well. But they, they expressed something to me that they've spent thousands on, edu- on education. I mean, hundreds of thousands on education. Children are really doing well at school and, and varsity and whatever. But when they sit down at their dinner table at home, the child is so far gone into wokeism that, she's, that he has learned at university, okay, that everything the father says while they're having dinner, there's a dispute, there's, there's, a, there's an argument, there's a fight. Because the child has been brainwashed by the university to think a certain way. Now the father, who paid for that brainwashing, can't even have a relationship with his own child. Now he comes to me and we're sitting, we're chatting, and he's crying and he's, com- and, he, and he's complaining about this and that and that. I'm sorry. Let's say it's your fault. Don't blame the schools, don't blame your child, don't blame anyone. It's your fault. You are now at an age where you should be enjoying your child, having a relationship with them. They're an adult, they know how to think, and they should be thinking like their father. Not being exactly like their father, but they should have the same value system as the father. If they don't have the same value system, how are they going to share and break a meal together? How are you going to pray over that meal? Hello? If your child is sitting there and going, I don't pray to him because I come from a monkey. Evolution is true. Christianity is false. Whose fault is that? It's the Christian's fault. Amen? Come on, take a stand. Start in your heart. Start in your family. Start in your marriage. Do what you have to do. Watch what God does. God will bless you. The blessings will come. Amen? And that doesn't fit every situation. Sometimes there are kids that, that actually think they know better than their parents, and, and you've done your share. Now you pray for strategy. Ask God to show you how to get into that child's heart, how to bring that mind to repentance. Don't fight with them. Don't argue with them. Are you with me? Trust the Lord. Love them. Draw them close. Walk with them. Encourage them. And ask the Lord to show you strategy. Amen? God is good. Give him a big shout of praise. Come on. You guys learning something? Amen. We want you to be disciples, not just attendees. Okay? Is that okay? Awesome.